Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 339, covering Singularity and Vanishing Point with Amanda Smith. Hi, friends. We're, we're here. We're angry. Someone mentioned this is going to be a very loud episode, and to that end, Amanda's here. Yep. It's me! It's, it's going a to be me! A very loud episode. Uh-huh. The loudest one. I don't really need recording technology. People can just open their windows. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true, but people like to listen at their convenience. What's that noise yeah. off in the distance? Oh, I think it's still Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't seen any of these episodes. Um, well, that's not true. I saw the first episode, saw the sexy oil scene, was like, I'm out. Um, so All this right. is my first time watching them. So I was, Al was like, which one do you want? And I'm looking at the, the titles. And I'm like, well, which one is less likely to be ghosts? And they both sound like ghosts. And mm-hmm. guess what? You picked wrong. You chose poorly. I chose poorly. I chose the ghost episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice work. Yeah, good. good I understand, job. man. I saw Vanishing Point and hoped to be about Booster Gold. <laughs> I was hoping that Enterprise would just vanish and go away. Uh huh. Because there's no point. Yeah, I don't know. I hate this show. <laughs> I want to be outside playing. <laughs> you tell him, Al. Also, there's a new Star Trek that, to watch. That's what I mean. We're like, and we only get one good new Star Trek episode a week and two shitty ones. That's, yep. that's not fair. That's not, not right. Fair. Nope, not at all. Who did this to us? Thanks a lot, the devil. Both <laughs> of these were Brandon Braga joints. Uh-huh. Well, no, and the first you one, can tell. The first one was not, actually. Was it not? It no. Like no, it. I deliberately mentioned in my notes, oh, it wasn't written by Braga and Berman for a change. Well, did he bless it or something? Like, I mean, he's still the showrunner, and everything goes through him, and I'm sure he probably did it uncredited polish or whatever. Mr. Braga, what about an episode where everyone gets obsessed with something because of a space disease? Hi. Yes, yes, that will do perfectly. Put in a mysterious cloud. <laughs> Hey, you're you're you you're, you're, uh, you're taking my summary away right out of my mouth, man. <laughs> Matt, get your hand out of Al's mouth. My children need wine. Uh. <laughs> uh, let me let me go ahead and tell yeah, you. Do your thing, and then I'll do it again in a different. Yeah, please voice. do. Because I I do for the record, I do like uh, Braga impression version 2.0. He's a wizard now. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a wizard. <laughs> The magic of space. <laughs> yes. Blow their minds. <laughs> this potion will blow all their minds. <laughs> and then the crunch berries will be mine. <laughs> all right. Uh, singularity. A summary by Ron Algarwatt. Here we go. A Starfleet ship is looking at something in space, and in accordance with the fundamental laws of the universe, the thing ends up making everyone on the ship crazy. Well, it was either that or the thing was going to be sentient. I swear to Christ, if the actual universe ends up being this stupid, I would be the first to suggest that we boldly stay home and stop poking around at a cosmos riddled with insanity holes. (laughs) This week, the insanity in question manifests manifests itself as obsession. Not the Calvin Klein cologne or the actually pretty good Star Trek episode, but the emotional state. Because certain types of radiation can definitely inspire 100 people to react with the same highly specific emotion, apparently. 
So I guess everyone gets to go Ahab on this show instead of just the captain. Which is good, because Archer's not exactly interesting enough to pull off a good revenge rage on his own. To wit, his cloud-inspired obsession is with writing the intro to a book about his dad. Not exactly reaching Matt Decker levels of lip-strumming there, Archie. Yeah, I, I stole Archie from Matt. It's actually pretty good. Uh, I kind of... I caught a brief glimpse of the text of this book, which included the phrase, the Vulcan's ego-driven blindness. Wow. No, no, seriously. If you if you freeze frame when they show the text, it, that, that, that phrase is that. Oh, my God. Of course, ironically, the one person on the ship who isn't driven blind by compulsion in this episode is, you guessed it, the Vulcan. But more on that in a moment. First, let's check in with the rest of the crew and the crazy things they're consumed with. Trip is fixating on making a new captain's chair, and we all know how much I love Star Trek episodes where people make chairs. Seriously, there's a whole entry about it in our TV Tropes page. Not a joke. Go check it out. Travis is worried that Archer is going to yell at him, which seems sensible enough because Archer yells at everyone. But this in turn leads Flocks to be obsessed with cutting Travis's head open and sniffing around in his brain. Which is less than settling. Some might go as far as to say unsettling. Malcolm's infatuated with increasing security, which is kind of a dodged bullet considering Malcolm's other consistent character trait. And Hoshi? She's tormented by soup. No, seriously. Soup seems to cause a lot of trauma in Star Trek. Wonder if anyone's written a paper on that. Anyway, T'Pol ends up being the only sensible one, and I kind of understand why it takes her so long to realize this, because it's not very different from any other week for her aboard this dick ship full of dicks. She manages to steer the ship out of the cloud or nebula or... Uh, oh, it's there in the title, The Singularity. Fine, whatever. T'Pol gets them out of that thing with Archer's extremely reluctant help, which, again, is basically a typical Wednesday for T'Pol. Like, how did she even know anyone was going crazy? It was the soup. Yeah. It was yeah. literally... She's just like, Hoshi's never given a shit about soup before. Uh-oh. Yeah. Also, Hoshi's not normally mean to T'Pol. No. That's true. Oh, she's afraid of T'Pol and also kind of attracted to T'Pol. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, but I have not seen any actual evidence of that. I kind of ship it, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm totally fine with it. But I just, you know, because gay people don't exist That's is what I'm saying. Don't. I don't need I mean, evidence. I have no evidence. The Ed power of imagination? Ed sure, there you go. Yes. No, look, look, if Matt's headcanon was a head chest... Mm -hmm. then I can't finish this. And then continue. Yes. It would fire then, more three. chests. No, because I don't know the, the actual quote to make a funny version of it. <laughs> I only know is if his cannon was a chest. Then fire his heart? Is that... Yes. He Probably. would fire his then, heart upon it. Yeah, then then turn turn your heart light on, Matt. Do you, yeah. Shot through the heart and you're to blame? Yes. And you give All love right. a bad name. Well, these guys give Star Trek a bad name. <laughs> is that so? Yes. <laughs> now, let's let's resume our talks with Brandon Braga 2.0, the wizard. <laughs> oh, boy. A little the, more Eye of Newt will turn this episode into a masterpiece. The thing is, like I said, I made a special note that it was one of the first I'd noticed that didn't say story by Braga and Berman, so I was hoping for something new and different. Mm -hmm. Instead, uh, you got old and the same. Yeah. This In old fact, shoe. Yep. You got fuck. <laughs> In fact, you got the naked time again. Uh, basically. Yep. Also, uh, why uh, can I can I talk about my bad thing? Absolutely. Of course That's you why can. You're one of the reasons you're here. Every time Trip acts out of character, he yells it to Paul mm -hmm. every single time. Also, every time he doesn't act out of character, 
He's also yelling. What? Everyone's always yelling it to Paul. Yeah, I mean, that's been consistent from day one, yes. Well, that's because everyone on the ship's kind of mildly racist. And they, But they did it a couple of episodes where everyone learned how great T'Pol was and that they could trust her and maybe they should stop being so racist. And then the next week they'd go right back to it. Yep. So, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, because yeah. the show's basically a sitcom. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, only not funny. Mm-hmm. But if you want to make, like, at least now we know these characters enough to know what acting out of character is for them unlike the last time that they all yeah they did their they did their first naked time version like episode three at least we're into season two now yeah so so i know what these guys are supposed to act like but uh, it it would have more of an impact if trip and t'pol were like buddies but yeah they're they're not no well and the thing is i mean yes people are acting out of character but what they're trying to do and i don't know Mm -hmm. if the writers pulled this off what they're trying to do is exaggerate one thing about them. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly out of character. It's just sort of intensified. So like Malcolm worries about, you know, weapons, but he only worries about weapons. And Trip is just fixating on one project. And like, mm-hmm. eh, it's, it's I mean, really dumb. Malcolm's always like that, though. Yeah, but it's extra stupid here. Also, can we talk about how stupid the secret origin of Red Alert is? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That was so stupid. I almost missed it. No, because Trip suggests before they go completely crazy where they're still sort of sane and talking about this. Uh-huh. It, it's sensible that Malcolm's like, you know, we've gotten our asks, we've gotten our asses kicked, asses, bums. <laughs> we've gotten them kicked like every week for the last year. Maybe we should do something about it. And that, that's sensible for the security guy to say, sure. we're not doing so great out here. We need better, like better response times and quicker access to the weapons. And like, that's a good idea. And some kind of a. Of a of a some like, kind of an alert. Well, no, some kind of condition that gets the weapons ready. We mm. need some kind of a directive to I, make it, us ready for fight time. The thing is, it played out like that, but the idea was cool. It's just these writers are terrible. But and then Trip says, "Yeah, you could call it Read Alert, like uh, Read Read, like Red, but Read because Read is his last name. Do you yeah. get it? Also, do you know what Read Alert really is?" <laughs> <laughs> It's worry. It's being worried about getting your ass groped. That's uh-huh. read alert. Yeah, no. I'm on read alert when I go to a bar. And Malcolm Reed is and there. And Malcolm Reed is there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all on read alert because what if he, like, I'm growing my hair a little longer. What if he thought I was a woman? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. well, well. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's clearly mm-hmm. only into women and he makes a big deal out of it when they turn out to be men. But, yep. you know. Ew, gross. Ew. Men don't have bums. <laughs> yeah. That's no bum, that's an ass. <laughs> <laughs> but read alert, super stupid. Very, Isn't, very like, stupid. D- this might just be like me not knowing. Isn't red alert a thing? Like before it was on Star Trek? I don't actually know. I have no idea. Like I know there's, you know, there's different uh, when like, you're on a submarine or a, a destroyer or whatever and there's like enemies nearby, there's definitely a different state like, that you're yeah, in. I thought, I thought that was a military thing from, like, submarines. I, I, obviously, I don't obviously know if, could the, be wrong. if the actual expression red alert is a thing, is what I'm saying. If anyone knows, like, let us know, because I'm yeah. super interested in that. I mean, I know there's, you know, like, we're on heightened alert or we're on, you know, like, yeah. whatever, but <laughs> ugh, read alert. We call show, it a like, read alert. It'd be real exciting. The thing is, we've said this before, we'll mostly about the prime directive stuff. What's that? <laughs> call it a read alert. It'd be real exciting. We'll put up a big picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> Your voice will Malcolm, come on this, all, all over the speakers going, look out, something's happening. 
Malcolm would like that. No, you got to do trip doing, Malcolm. I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> the it, the thing is, like, the show does this a lot. It, it did it with the Prime Directive stuff. It's done it with some other stuff. And the prequel setting gives you an opportunity, if, if you do it right, to give some interesting stories about why are things this way in Star mm-hmm. Trek. But the show fucks it up every time. They just make it so winky. Yeah. It and should be natural. It should feel uh-huh. like, oh, it wasn't like that until someone realized it should be, and then it was. I get yeah. it now. Cool. And if they were going for a camp vibe on the show where everything was sort of nudgy, nudgy, winky, winky, that would be one thing. But they're not. No, it's serious. Except for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was meant to be a joke. Yeah. Read alert. So, Fuck you. Joke. <sighs> ah, read alert. strong. Yeah. Read alert. <laughs> uh, well, since we're doing bad things, Matt, what do you got? Uh, what do I got? Oh, yeah, this episode takes way too long to get to what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Braga and Berman, who apparently weren't writing the damn thing, but whatever, <laughs> were just enjoying everyone being crazy too much. But I was, and I was sad. <laughs> no, my just, notes, my notes are a lot of I get it. Let's get on with it. And I like and they I'm don't. looking at the memory alpha entry because I've been doing that again. And well, Memory like, Alpha is suspiciously silent about these it Enterprise episodes. There's like is, three bullet like, points for each one now. Like, nothing's fucking happening. Like, yeah, yeah. everyone's got their thing, and they're going to keep doing their thing. And we're going to rotate through the cast like three times, checking in on them doing their thing. And then eventually T'Pol's like, well, this isn't right. <laughs> well, I think what they thought they were doing was a character-driven episode, because when you spend a lot of time with the characters doing... Mm-hmm. non-emergency related things it's, it tends to be interesting but in this case because it ended up being deadly danger it was stupid yeah and if you're hanging around characters who are acting out of character unless you have a really deft hand and show use it to show information about the character it doesn't sh- it doesn't teach you anything about the character right. and the writers of enterprise do not have a deft hand no the thing no. is, we're now we're now into the 21st century. We're now into the like the post Sopranos era, and other shows are starting to do really good, mm-hmm. rich serialization. And network shows are starting to compete with cable shows. So, like in the 90s, it was like, well, they don't know any better. That's just what TV is. Mm-hmm. But now there's no excuse for it. Now these guys should be upping their game, and like things that happen to these characters should affect these characters week to week, and they never do. Yeah. But then on the other hand. If this is someone's first episode, which is the whole point of not continuing things, everyone's just going to think it's a ship full of jerks. Yeah. Well, so you lose both ways. I mean, they wouldn't no. be entirely wrong. I guess. I don't know. We've come to like some of these guys. I like yeah. some of these guys, but they they aren't very nice to each other. I guess that's true. Yeah, I, mean, Hoshi I can is. see that. Yeah, like, it's one of the things that I don't love about Enterprise is they, again, they talk about them becoming a family and becoming friends, but they're not very nice to There's no real, there's no real camaraderie between the crew, which is something a lot of, like, a lot of Star Trek's have been able to nail, you know? I mean, all of them, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On some level or another. Like, not all of them do it perfectly, but. But, like, when I, in, in the next, like in, in episodes where two characters go down to a go down to a planet or something or they're on a shuttle thing, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, now they're gonna be best friends. Mm-hmm. I, I am so desperate for people to be friends on this show, and none well, of them are friends. Really, yeah. though, go through all the series, and every single time you can name at least one pair of really good friends, and usually several. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on this show, I can't. I, I mean, um, Archer and Trip are kind of friends. Yeah, but also Archer often pulls rank on his friend. 
Yeah, yep. and, and he's, he's a dick to him. He's mm-hmm. mean to him. Yeah. yeah, just like I love the friendships in all. Like, I mean, the original series, you've got yeah. that wonderful three-person friendship, yeah. and it's yep. all about their friendship. And then in Deep Space Nine, you've got Cisco all and, kinds and, of pairings. Yeah, but Cisco yeah. and Dax, I love their friendship so much. Oh, and we loved watching O'Brien and Bashir grow into a thing. Yeah, and you know. Like, all kinds of stuff. And then in, in uh, Next Gen, you had uh, Data and Jordy. You had Riker and Troy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah. Friends. I yeah. miss that shit. Yeah. That's that's a standard thing for a TV show. That's not a Star Trek. Like, it's no. not yeah. a high concept sci-fi thing that characters like each other. But, like, this is everyone just sort of drifts in and out of each other's orbit, you know? Like, yeah. Ugh, it's terrible. I, I guess thinking... today I'm working with you. Yeah. I keep thinking that Hoshi and Travis are going to be friends or that Hoshi and T'Pol are going to be friends. Cause because they... there are occasionally cute scenes yeah. that imply yeah. that, but then they never follow up on it. No, it just it's like one thing in like a stray episode that never comes back. No, but I know exactly which scenes you're talking about yeah. for both of those times. Mm-hmm. There was that time when Hoshi and Travis were on the bridge and it was adorable. And there's that time where Hoshi and T'Pol were stuck on the Klingon ship and she taught her how to meditate. And that yeah. was great. Yeah. I guess I just want Hoshi to be friends with everyone. Uh, oh, she's I like her. the most Hoshi's amicable. Great. Yeah, and and also flocks. Also uh-huh. flocks. Not in this episode. We'll get to that in a sec. Oh man, but, uh, <laughs> but that's because he's acting out of character. But yep. I've got. I'm looking at my over my notes here, and I've got a lot of notes about uh, characters like be nice to each other. What the fuck? Well, that's the point of this episode, really, in defense of what they're trying to do. Yeah, but I know. Come on, I'm with you. Also. Again, it works better as a juxtaposition if you show them being nice to each other and then you show them being jerks to each other. Yeah. That, but at the very beginning, you've got Archer and Paul talking about Archer's dumb book. Um, Where he basically tells her to write it for him. Well, yep. I wrote, I was writing a note and I showed this to you, Al, so you wouldn't think I was bullshitting. I was like, oh, is he going to ask her to just write it for him? And then he does. Mm-hmm. And not in a funny way. No, seriously, Here, you do this. if you have access to the episode, mm-hmm. like, freeze frame it when it shows his screen. That that sentence I mentioned is mm-hmm. definitely in there. The Vulcans, arrogant, blah, blah, blah. The and stupid, ugly Vulcans this? who kept yeah. my dad back for, for years. Hey, ugly Vulcan, write this thing about ugly Vulcans. And T'Pol has done nothing but help Archer. I know. She does. And in fact, when we get to the end of the episode... Yeah, she saved all their lives. She yep. saves all their lives, and she needs Archer's help. Yeah. To, in order to do that. And all he, he barely, does is yeah. whine and complain about helping. Yep. There is ne- there has never been another captain who, when the crew was in danger, didn't freaking like Yeah, step up and up save the day. Yeah. And yes, and like fight through it. But Archer's got a little flu and he doesn't feel like it, and he's got a headache and he can't pilot the ship in that condition. Yep. Ugh. Well, just since we're doing bad things. My bad thing is, uh, I hate it when space makes people crazy. It doesn't make a lick of sense. No. Like, We've talked there... about this multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same as turning into things. It's mm-hmm. like, what? Come on. It's because this singular, like, black holes are made out of insanity particles? I don't, I it's so weird. Like, on the one hand, I like the idea of space being weird. But on the other hand, this is dumb. Well, it's a science fiction show. Yeah. Like, there's supposed to be some reason that things happen. Even if it's a fantastical reason, it should be grounded in something resembling science. Yeah. Or instead of just like, eh, magic cloud. The thing is, if you're doing a space horror movie or a space mm-hmm. fantasy movie, that stuff fits. In Star Trek, it feels less, like, it doesn't fit so well for me. Oh, well, yeah, because it's so, it's so nothing but sci-fi. 
Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's supposed yeah. to, and and I, that doesn't mean tedious techno babble to explain it, but it does no. mean grounding your premises in something close to reality. Yeah, plausibility. Yeah, it doesn't even have to. Be well, we're two hundred real. No, we're two hundred years in the future. You can absolutely go nuts with some stuff, but mm-hmm. you can also like the, the the audience needs to understand where it's coming from. Yeah. And this just came from out of nowhere for no reason. Also, when you talk about the, like, the insanity particles being, like, a weird thing in space, Al, you've talked before about how there's so many anomalies, they're no longer anomalous. Yeah. It's the same with the insanity particles. It's not weird because it happens so often. Mm -hmm. Every Star Trek crew we've seen has gone crazy once or twice, at least. At least. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got for a good thing? Because we talked about this briefly already. Oh, yeah, um... Obsessed flocks is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I think towards the end, he even changed into an evil German mad scientist smock. Well, this is a the tiny spoiler that won't really spoil anything, but I have seen the Mirror Universe episode, and that basically reminded me of the version of him in the Mirror Universe, where he's uh, okay. like a mad scientist, basically. But, like, I love him as, like, as the episode goes on, and Travis is just trying to get a headache cleared up. And Flox mm-hmm. is becoming obsessed with what's wrong with him to the point where... Oh, you where, got a headache? Let's split open your skull. Yeah, to, at, at the T'Pol comes in to see him, and he's literally about to crack open uh, Travis's brain to see what's wrong. And he's, it's he's like so shoving him into a He's shoving him into a CAT scan machine that has a rotating saw blade at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. It's so upsetting because Flox is the nicest fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that big smile that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, then, it, like, he threatens her with a scalp. It's fucking great. Yep. No, that, that giant smile that makes him seem so friendly also yeah, can yeah. be repurposed to make him look super sinister. It's nice. Also, yep. um, this was actually a nice bit of plotting and probably the only nice bit of plotting in the entire episode. But T'Pol uses the brain scans that Phlox was doing on Travis to mm. help her figure out yeah. what was making everyone crazy. Because yeah. usually in this kind of story, you have to figure out what's going on and you can't just grab an unconscious crew person mm-hmm. and like, you know surgery also, them to paul is not an everything scientist right so no. she can't just like do medicine no i i have to give them credit yeah. for plotting in another place also because uh malcolm's stupid read alert thing mm-hmm. meant that the weapons were ready yeah. that was actually yeah that was pretty nice and i didn't i, I didn't see it coming yeah a lot of people's yeah. obsessions actually set up things that she needed later that was pretty good right. yeah no i, I like that. that that was that was nice uh that was nice work yeah uh amanda what do you got for a good thing so I liked Tripp's chair obsession because he got, he just, uh, Archer had mentioned that the, um, his captain's chair wasn't super comfy. And so Tripp then spent the entire episode trying to make it perfect. And this didn't seem out of character. This seemed like something that regular Tripp would do. Well, Matt, Matt's version of Tripp would start painting flames on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this makes the ship go faster. Yeah, exactly. Speed holes. <laughs> Captain, I put extra cushions on, and I put stuff on the sides, and I put some um, some cards in the spokes, and now it's going to go even faster. It's going to make cool noise, and you're going to be so happy every time you turn. It's going to go. Well, he talked about a uh, he talked about a cup holder. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. He talked. He was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to put the cup holder on." And then yep. and then after they aren't crazy anymore, he's like, "But Captain, can I put a cup holder on now? Please, 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 can I, can I, can I?" Yeah. Yeah. No, it was cute. I, I like that. I put a cooler under it. Now you can get your beer. I think uh, I, I think Matt's version of Trip has basically just supplanted everyone. Like the, the actor still brings a lot to mm-hmm. it, but now we're just thinking of you know mm-hmm. that version of Trip, that basically. Trip. Yeah, I put Pretty a big much. fan on the back so you can just drive around the swamp. 
Why on earth would I want that? Why would you not? I could fix it a lot easier if I had a fan on it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Two fans, one on each nacelle. Look, I'll put some strings on there so they blow around when the fans blow. It'll look great. <laughs> and a bell. Yeah. Gotta have a bell. And a basket. Yep. Uh, there's a With brief a daisy little... on it. <laughs> there's that brief little Porthos bit that doesn't really go anywhere, doesn't really do anything, but he makes that beagle roo-roo noise, and I liked it. That's all. He also gives Archer a great stink eye. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a that's a well-trained dog. Yep. Also, Archer's mean to Porthos. Well, yeah. Unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Don't like Archer very much. No. Plus, they hit his daddy issues pretty hard because he wanted uh. to write a book about his great father. Oh, uh-huh. because this is Star Trek and everyone has to have daddy issues all the damn time. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, Star Trek and all of fiction. There's, um, there's, when when they get to the height of the insanity and everyone's acting super crazy, there's handheld cameras just like jostling all around that really mm-hmm. irritated me. Uh, they, I don't think Enterprise has ever used handheld camera to good effect. Well, when you say Enterprise, you're also lumping in Voyager because it's the same production team. Yes. Because we've only seen 30 episodes of Enterprise, but you, like, you're talking about Voyager mm-hmm. 2, really. Also see fisheye lens. Yeah. Yep. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Yep. Um, my good thing. Yes. Was uh, when, when uh, Amanda already talked about this a bit, when T'Pol's like, come on, idiot, I'm saving the ship. You need to do literally one thing. When mm-hmm. she, like, throws him over his shoulder in a fireman's carry and then puts him in his chair and then holds his finger to make him push the button. Yeah, it just ties yep. a string to his hand yeah. so she can do it. But she puts him in the shower, and it's not just a matter of slumping him in the shower and turning the water on. She basically shower tortures him. <laughs> yep. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. Like, and, and to Bacula's credit, like we keep saying, it's not his fault. He's doing his best. It's yeah. all in the writing. But he really sells the, this is really uncomfortable. Stop doing that. <laughs> it, it made me laugh because like, yeah, do it. Hit him again. <laughs> it's like that bit in Pulp Fiction where they're uh, hosing off the brain. Like, be sure you missed a spot over there. You know, like, <laughs> just funny watching him suffer. No, and I, I totally don't hate Bacula. Like, I didn't have a huge... Uh, no, I, I see glimmers. I see glimmers mm-hmm. of a good actor waiting for a good part to come to him. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a whole lot uh, before this. Like, I didn't watch um, Quantum Leap. Nobody watched yeah. Quantum Leap. Sliders? Sliders. Which one is he in? Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really watch that show, but I... When every time he's got something to play with, he's yeah. usually he's he's quite good. It's just the character. I hate the character so much. Yep. Whereas to be clear, he's just kind of a jerk. Yep. With Malcolm, I think the actor is bad. Well, he's the weakest the actor in the cast. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the Bever factor all over again, where he mm. is like a full rung worse an actor than everyone he's with. Well, and it feels like the writers know that, and so they're not trying very hard. Mm-hmm. So. And then write him out. Yeah. Well, that'd be nice. Shh, oh, know. no, I fell asleep in a torpedo tube. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real read alert. What shall I do? If I die, tell my mother I love her bum. <laughs> <laughs> tell my mother I have no particular food preference. <laughs> Mrs. Reed, we regret to inform you that your son died in a torpedo tube. Oh, how's this bum? <laughs> Where's the regret part come in? <laughs> all right anything else uh no i have four notes for this episode <laughs> amanda uh yeah not a whole lot all right uh let's do our alternate titles what do you got amanda 
Star Trek. Chairs. Ugh. Jazz hands. Fucking chairs. Matt, what do you got? Naked Time 3. Naked it <laughs> I I chose five alternate titles just to get the point across. Uh-huh. I went with Reed Dawn, The Hunt for Reed October, The Lady in Reed, The Man with One Reed Shoe, and Little Reed Riding Hood. <laughs> just to bring home how stupid that is. I wish I was like- watching Reed Dwarf. <laughs> Feels like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Stay tuned next time for Read Dawn or The Hunt for Read October. <laughs> uh, and my quote is uh, the height of uh, Hoshi's insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it really just one word, but that sums it up. Oh, and I'm out of carrots. There are 25 carrots. I thought that was pretty cute. I <laughs> liked Hoshi's insanity. I thought it was funny. I, I will say... I'm a little irritated that every Japanese person on Star Trek only eats Japanese food. Seriously, right? Yeah, like it feels like back when um, uh, Keiko. George, no, no, it feels like when George Takai was talking about how. Oh yeah, why, why would I be a samurai? Yeah, why? <laughs> why do you got to pin everything? Yeah, that's on? that's yeah. what I mean. It's, yeah. it's that same kind of thing, and you it's know, like plus you already did that with Keiko. Who okay, maybe Keiko's kind of like centric on her mm-hmm. culture, but. But the whole thing about Hoshi is she studies so many different cultures. Yeah. She'd be so exposed to other things. Mm-hmm. Like, would it be so hard to, to for her to be making, like, lasagna or something? Yeah, tacos, yeah. whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter, yeah. Yeah. And it's not wrong that, like, they want to have people, like, talk about their, their heritage and their No, that's great. Cool, but that's it, Star Trek's multiculturalism. Yeah. But if the Japanese guy is only into Japanese stuff, it's lame. That's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, spread out a little. Yeah, exactly. The, the, people are that's... people are three dimensional. But it's uh, on this show. No, are no. they? No. But it's that it's that same thing where it's like all Klingons are aggressive mm-hmm. and all Ferengi are untrustworthy, greedy guys, and like it's that same kind of thing. It only feel, it just feels lazy. Yeah, and it's worse when you're talking about actual cultures that exist yes. in the real world. That yeah. makes it you know yeah. problematic. All right. Speaking of problematic in a different way. Uh huh. The problems not being so much racism as just awful writing. Amanda, why don't you tell us about Vanishing Point? (laughs) Okay, guys, gather round the campfire, for I have a tale to tell. I said gather round, (laughs) goddammit! Sorry. It was a dark and spookums night, a night just like this one, and Trip and Hoshi were downstairs at a jungle dentist office, adjacent to another dentist office, but this one was filled with cave paintings, with dire warnings and scary figures. There was a storm crashing down, and they were all afraid they couldn't get back to the shuttle pod through the rain, and besides... There were reports on the radio about an escaped deranged killer from an insane asylum up the hill, and he had a hook for a hand. Ooh. (laughs) Archer makes him transport back up, even though the transporter isn't for people. Ooh. And they just, and just as they leave, Hoshi sees an indistinct figure in white walking through the woods and there's a jingly sparkly noise like (laughs) once they get back upstairs Hoshi sleeps through her shift but nobody notices until they need her to translate some scritchy sounding language that plays through the old time record player (laughs) on the bridge 
but she can't decipher it, even when it turns into children singing, Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies. (laughs) (laughs) Once (laughs) people keep dismissing her and not listening to her, but she thinks that's normal because she's a second-class citizen, only being part of nearly one-third of the crew. And her hand starts to disappear because it's haunted. And then she goes up into a creepy attic and the mirror shows her her reflection is disappearing too because the mirror is haunted. And then the doors won't open for her and the exercise machines don't work either because they're also haunted. And then she disappears entirely because it turns out she's a ghost. And then there are monsters in the ghost world that only she can see and they're gonna blow up the enterprise but no one can hear her not even when she scratches her nails along the metal in archer's office and rattles her chain sadly (laughs) she follows the monsters back to their ship using a transporter and then she wakes up because it was all a transporter dream a transporter dream I imagine this episode would have been improved dramatically if Hoshi spent all of it wearing a sheet. Mm-hmm. With two eye holes? Mm-hmm. With two eye holes. Yeah. That was a, that was a good Travis impression. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's famous for his well-known ghost stories. Yep. Yes. But I didn't play any practical jokes on you guys. No, the that practical was the joke greatest was, practical joke of all. Well, that's true. We were looking for it and it never happened. I, yeah. I think the greatest practical joke might be when Travis takes his top off and it's like, oh, holy shit, so much muscle. Yeah. Uh-huh. That come ah, from? Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, boy, this episode. This Has we ever, se- <laughs> we ever seen a more Braga Bermany episode well, than this? That's that's my bad thing. I was going to I was going to wait, but uh, yeah, you, get you've given me that you've given me the opening. Yeah. So never has Enterprise branded more Braga than it has in this fucking episode. This is a goddamn checklist of the hacky crap he's been doing since TNG. And if you were wondering if these concepts have aged like a fine wine, they do not. If anything, seeing an episode where someone doubts their sanity and everyone's acting weirdly out of character and then it all ends up being a spooky dream is more irritating because I've seen it 10,000 times before at this point. Worst of all, this was probably Hoshi's only episode this whole season and I didn't learn shit about her apart from she's scared of a lot of stuff. I knew that already and I was kind of hoping we move past that to something more interesting, but Braga and Berman don't really do moving past things. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah, I actually, when she fell asleep in the dream world, I was sure we were going to get a dream within a dream where mm-hmm. there was a fisheye lens atop a fisheye lens and then a mm-hmm. smoke machine mm-hmm. and like handheld again, camera, handheld camera, sparkly, Dutch, Dutch angles. Yep. You know, the sparkly music they played in next gen when anytime there was a dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe sure. even the racist Native American flute from... Yep. Uh, from Voyager. Yep, maybe mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like someone's going through the dentist office plants, like sort of like opening them with their hands, like pretend, like miming that there's a lot of jungle there mm-hmm. and then monsters. And then it turns out the monster is really you and you look and oh, look at that spooky mirror like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at that spooky mirror. Yeah. Mm. 
No, and and to be clear, the transporter, like, that it was all a dream is no kidding. The last three minutes of the episode are the only part that counts because yep. she thinks the transporter may, brought her back wrong like a fucking mm-hmm. Stephen King story, which, to be fair, in a Stephen King story is fine. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of thing there. This is not the place for that. But so it turns out the last one second of her beaming was her brain going crazy and showing her this whole one hour vision. Mm-hmm. That's <sighs> dumb. What? What? Transporter dream. It was all a dream. Mm-hmm. Plus, why are you using the transporter for people? It's not for people. It's not for people. It isn't for people. No. Why on earth would you set something and give yourself limitations that are meant to make you try new things and then just not do it? Why? Why? If you just wanted to make more of the same... Why didn't you set it in next gen uh, Voyager yeah. times? Why didn't you just set it then? Yep. Nope. They keep they. We've had holodecks. We've had um, replicators. Mm-hmm. Got transporters that work for people. Like, what's the point? Ugh. Ugh. And seeing all of those things means that it really takes away from the. You know how humans are the greatest thing ever. Like that Star Trek's whole jam. Sure. Mm-hmm. If humans only are inspired by other people already having this technology and sort of backwards engineering it, that means that humans suck. They're just dirty stealers. Yeah, there's a bit of that, too, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what was your bad thing? Archer's the worst guy ever to break bad news to somebody's parents. Yep. Well, in fairness, ever. this is imaginary Archer, but it's probably what he would really do. Seriously, like, he calls up Hoshi's dad, and it takes him four goddamn hours to stammer out that she's dead. Like, Mm -hmm. motherfucker, you lead with that crap. Mm -hmm. You explain what the transporter is ever. I get that doing shit is hard, but you've done it before. People have died on the ship. It's not your first dead kid, Rodeo. Yeah, but again, this is Hoshi's imagined version of him. I... It's just... He calls up Hoshi's dad, and is just like... Hoshi is a valuable member of the crew. Was. Was. Uh, was. was. Hey, no, we, he does, he, what he said was, so you know how we got these transporters? No. Yeah. Okay, well, let me tell you about that. Yeah, oh, like, boy. lead with that shit. And her dad's just like, why are you, is the captain, is my daughter's boss prank calling me? <laughs> <laughs> but, Al, you, you mentioned, like, well, yeah, this is the imagined, it's imagined. Yeah, that's not real Archer. But, it's... but I mean, God, that means we have nothing to talk like because we can't just say, as a discussion show, we can't just say none of this matters. No, no, you're right. And hang up. You're right. But the the escape hatch that the writers have is none of this actually happened. So anything that didn't count, you know, anything that's out of character or like violates the canon, it doesn't matter because it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Uh Also, Matt, uh, the dude who played um, uh, Hoshi's dad was the baseball player Buck Bokai in uh, oh, DS9. Okay. I knew I recognized him. I had to look yeah. him up. I, did, I didn't know exactly who it was, but I knew we'd seen him before. Yeah. So, from another kind of shitty episode. All right, well, good. Yeah. I have uh. I have no opinion of that. Just just an interesting <laughs> just a, fact. Just there a thing no, that happened to us. Yep. There was no wishes in this episode. No. It, so no. that's good. Yeah, I mean, I wish for it to be over, and that wish was not granted. So. I would rather watch If Wishes Were Horses than this episode, oh, yeah, for too. sure. Yep. I don't think that there is any episode of Deep Space Nine I would, that, that I would not watch instead of this episode. 
Maybe past tense. I would watch past tense over this. Mm, and I, I hated know. past tense. Wasn't past tense a two-parter? Like, yes, it sure yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Double the hat guy. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mention this because some reputable non-sci-fi related mm -hmm. publication, like not the New Yorker, I think it was the Atlantic, something like that, like some actual legit news mm -hmm. source, like news and opinion source, said it's the whatever anniversary of Star Deep Space Nine's most important social episode, and it was Excuse this whole write-up. Yeah, it was this whole write-up about how uh, amazingly it relevant uh, past tense was. Excuse you assume, me? You assume their most socially relevant one would be the one where uh, Cisco goes back into Yeah, Far Beyond the Stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's also I one clicked, of the best episodes. Uh, yeah, I clicked expecting to read about Far Beyond the Stars, one of the greatest episodes of all Star Trek, and instead it went on about how amazingly prescient uh, past tense was. Well, thank God for Hat Guy. Yeah. Anyway, we don't, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole again. Oh, man. That hat hole again. Ugh. Ugh. Now this 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 episode was just shit. Also, it, not only did nothing happen, like nothing happened. Like, yeah, there was about three none of it counted, which was one of my biggest complaints about these kinds of episodes. Is okay, at least the characters will learn and grow, but no, because it all reset buttons at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, so none of it happened, and in the stuff that was not happening, nothing also happened then. Like the, yep. that's true. As as well as it having it not being real. The thing, like, there there was no plot in the dream part of it. Like, it was just a bunch of running around from room to room, waiting mm -hmm. for it to be over. Which ties into your bad around. thing. It was slowly wandering around. That's true. But this also ties into your bad thing. Oh, yeah. This is one of those Braga Berman things I hate, where they think that the premise of their episode is so complicated they need to re-explain and state it over and yep. over again hoshi says i think my molecules were put back together wrong no less than three or four times well more than that there's that specific incident mm -hmm. where uh, the shower doesn't work right mm -hmm. for her we mm -hmm. see it happen mm -hmm. the whole scene we see it happen then she goes and tells flocks that it happened then she goes and tells trip that it happened so something we've already watched we then have to watch a character tell us about Two more times. Nobody, yep. nobody wants that. That's uh, the point of scenes like that are to describe things we missed. Yeah, or to like if you want to get the other characters up to speed. Yeah, like, but then you cut away, or yeah. you you come in in media res where she's already explained it, and yep. then we're starting the scene having the character react. Like no, I they get were wanting to have like flocks tell her, "No, you're fine." Yeah, no, they're they're. They're so they they must have been so impressed with how that scene was. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to keep telling us about it over yeah. and over again. Also, it felt like an excuse to get Hoshi to take her top off. I will say it wasn't shot exploitive. Like they blocked mm. a lot of stuff and they didn't do a lot of lingering close-ups of her and like Yeah, but <sighs> No, I know. I know. It's still gross. Yeah. I just I'm I'm so tired of it. I'm tired of the sexiness and I'm tired I, of The thing I I mean, I'm not going to argue mm -hmm. whether or not it was meant to be sexy, mm -hmm. but what I think, and I don't know why I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt after all this time, but <laughs> I think... Why start now? I think Stop it was... Stockholm Syndrome? Maybe. I think it was not meant to be sexy. I think they were going for that that thriller shortcut of mm -hmm. you're the most vulnerable when you're naked and in the shower, like the movie Psycho did well and everything else has copied ever since. Like, mm. the idea was she was vulnerable. But that's kind of gross, too. No, it is. 
It absolutely is, but I don't think it was about sex. I think it was about vulnerability. I just This show spends so much of its time and energy trying to get its actors naked or yeah, nearly yeah, naked. True. And it's not just the women that they're doing it to. I mean, it's more the women than the men, because of course it is. Mm. Nearly one third of the crew. Um, mm-hmm. But... They they do it with everyone. Like when every time they have Travis take his top off, I feel a little weird about it because because I'm like, oh look at all his muscles. Oh God, no, I'm exploiting him. <laughs> and it's and they do it with Trip too. Again, we're like, oh no, I don't want to see you in your underpants. And I I know exactly what Archer's dad bod looks like. Like I've seen all these characters nearly naked. It's gross. I, I, the thing is, I guarantee the sh- the the show bible for Enterprise has mm-hmm. the word sexy in it eighty seven times and sneakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's like space, but in sneaker. Uh, shut the fuck. Listen, up. we're bringing the sexy back to Star Trek. Excuse Ugh. me. Star Trek was most this... sexy when it wasn't trying to be. When mm-hmm. the characters were just inherently sexy. This isn't your dad's Star Trek. We're getting sexy. Ugh. It isn't your dad's Star Trek, but it is going to star a guy who looks like a TV dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I have a note here that. Uh, so, did a supermarket door not open for Brandon Braga one time? Because that seems to be his recurring fear that, oh no, the door won't open for me. I'm not a real person. <clears throat> Ugh, shut up. <laughs> her fucking reflection disappears. Sure that pissed me what? off, too. Because you wanted her to be a vampire, that's why. Yeah, I was like, why isn't she. Is this about Hoshi turning into a vampire? No. You wish. <laughs> that would be ghost amazing. Cup. Yeah. Just, uh, ugh. 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 And it combined a bunch of other boring episodes, uh-huh. like uh, Frame of Mind. There was a bit of that where uh-huh. she was going in and out of consciousness and thought she was crazy. Um, and then uh, Not Just Cloaked, Phased. Yeah, this episode was Not Just Cloaked, Phased, retold. Yeah. Like almost beat for beat, except. Without any of the emotional resonance, and yeah. it never ended up happening. That stuff yeah. happened to Jordy and Roe, and we learned and- stuff about them. And, and that was a legit charming episode, too. Mm-hmm. Well, because it wasn't about the dumb science thing that happened or a mystery about it, really. That was a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. It was mostly about what if the crew of the Enterprise thought these two important crew people were dead? Mm-hmm. How would they react to that? Yeah. And therefore, it's about the characters and not about the dumb science. And how would the characters it was happening to react to the possibility that this might be there? This might yeah. be for them. The rational engineer yeah. would say, we're not dead. There's a reasonable explanation. And the person mm-hmm. from the highly spiritual planet would say, no, I think we're dead. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But this is not interesting. Also, because no. she was by herself, it was a lot of her talking to herself. Yeah. Which yeah. She had no one to work off of after a certain point because no one could hear her. Which I don't think was, I don't think was as interesting. <laughs> the, also, the aliens sucked. Oh well, my god, can we just for a second, oh, sure. the whole bomb alien thing mm-hmm. felt so tacked on? Well, there's the, okay, we're in the fourth act now, we need some kind of extra escalation of the deadly danger, it's not mm-hmm. enough that Hoshi's, mm-hmm. like, turning into a ghost, we need something else. Their language is like the standard horror movie whispers of a ghost. Yep. Yep. And the their costumes were just repurposed Suliban costumes, yep. which again, under deft hands, you could see that it was you know if it was trying to take some of Hoshi's fears and turn that into a monster. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she's scared of the Suliban, so they're kind of like the Suliban, but it didn't feel like that. It just feel like they went to the costume closet and took out. Oh, these two look scary. Whatever. Oh, we we accidentally put one of these in the wash and it turned red. Let's use it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And the design on them wasn't great. And there was no. crouching. There was so much crouching. And then. Yep. Ugh, I hate it. I like I was thinking about this. Like this would play so much better if they had like sort of ramped up it ramped it up as an anxiety dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they never get far enough into like. No, that's you know. the big twist at the end. If we knew that and she didn't, mm-hmm. that could be interesting. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the bit about her not being able to do her job actually felt kind of like... Yeah, uh, legit anxiety. Yeah. I am here. The only reason I am uh-huh. suffering through this extremely anxiety-producing s- scenario is because I am the best at this thing that only I can do. Yep. And then some dumb no-name crewman steps up and does it for her. That's mm-hmm. that's horrible. That feels... That's a good anxiety feeling and that kind of resonated with me like oh god that would suck yeah for a minute i think we all felt bad for her yeah yeah i feel bad for hoshi all the time well yeah like play that up hoshi seems like the kind of character would have who would worry about that kind of crap Mm -hmm. although on the other hand and i pointed this out already like is her only arc i was scared of a thing and now i'm not scared of a thing yes i liked that like and i'm pointing this out a while back I liked it for a while because it was a constant like repetition of her overcoming obstacles and getting better. But yeah. now it's it doesn't come off like that anymore. It comes off like we don't know what else to do with this character. Let's do the scaredy pants thing again. Yeah, no, we've already done the Hoshi nuts up episode a bunch of times. Like she's earned her place on the crew now. Like we can move on to doing more interesting stuff with that character. Yeah, but like I said, they don't do move on. No, they and really don't. We've already done the neurotic character very badly with Barkley. And mm-hmm. it feels like we're retreading. Oh, Hoshi's better. But Hoshi is better. And yeah. without really getting into it, I would say Tilly in Discovery's better still. But we'll get there yep. when we get there. Oh, man. Shut up. Shut up. I have so many thoughts about We Discovery. all do. We all do. We got to watch we, this first. We all do. And we can't have them for another year. You got to eat your shit before you can have some ice cream. I want ice cream now. Nope. Keep Why eating shit. Why am I eating this shit? <laughs> Speaking of ice cream... <laughs> The, the actors do this thing. There's been so many Star Treks now where uh, one character cannot be seen by the other ones and the actors are forced to stand right next to them and pretend they're not there. Uh-huh. And it just comes off as, I sure wish Hoshi was here and we'd all go out for ice cream. Do you guys hear something? It sounds like it might be someone named Hoshi. But oh, I don't well. Know anyone named Hoshi. Huh. Yeah. It's just like the actors are always forced to do that and it always feels so unnatural and stupid to me. Yep. Ugh. I, my notes are mostly just learn a new fucking song, Brannon. Mm-hmm. No. Just, uh, now you gotta do the new voice. I've learned a new Never. song. Never! No, and... you're, you're doing, um, you're doing Dr. Orpheus. <laughs> I am also a wizard. Uh-huh. My new you song can't tell is a, a powerful wizard apprentice. what to do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, I'm sure doing something from one of his three MST episodes, but it seems yeah. like a more original creation. Ugh. <laughs> uh... Uh, Jack Frost. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I thought Jack Frost was Michael Keaton. Uh, this is a different Jack Frost. And also, it's not the one uh, from the uh, slasher movie about a killer snowman. Yeah, I was thinking about the killer snowman. Is it? Is it the one from the Mystery Science Theater movie? Yes. Okay. Because then it could also be the one from the Rankin and Bass uh, uh, stop motion movie. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. So, yeah. It's so many Jack Frost options. Jack's Frost. Mm-hmm. And they're all nipping at my nose. Get off. Um, is it nose or toes? I don't remember. It, nose. Bum. It's bum. Of course, it's always bum. It's bums all the way down. Thank you, Malcolm. Uh, You're not we... welcome. Goodbye forever. <laughs> did we manage to find any good things? Amanda, how about you? 
This was a real stretch. There was not a lot of good things to find, but I always love figuring out what characters wear for their gym jams, their little gym mm-hmm. jams. So this kind of conflicts with your not wanting to see them take their shirts off. No, I don't want to see them naked. And in for the most part, Star Trek people do not wear like sexy night things except for Picard. Mm-hmm. Which the sexiest I, of night things, which I I I liked. Well, I let's felt be let's be clear. He's European. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's just normal over there. I felt like that was earned, but no, host like most of the characters wear like full length gym jams, like Worf's um, <laughs> <laughs> Worf's couch couch cushion outfit. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and Hoshi's got like it's it's um not like short and horrible it's just like just looks like normal sleep she had a belly shirt though uh, she yeah. had a belly shirt when she took the robe off because apparently everyone wears goddamn belly shirts which i hate yeah the Weird. undershirt for the for the uh female version of the mm-hmm. uniform is about like she her navel was exposed like the entire time yeah, yeah. it's like why and it's like she's a sexy lady but why no, why but are we... that, that was in that was in the bathroom. I don't understand scene why that would be naked. uniform though. No, yeah. like it was it was also when she was running around in the Jeffrey's tubes in the last bit where she's chasing those yeah. aliens around and stuff. No, but she when she answers the door, she puts on like a robe and all that. Ah, yeah. I, like I, I like that. I like you seeing, like seeing their nightwear. I like seeing mm-hmm. their nightwear. Okay. And we got to see Hoshi's nightwear, and I, I like to know what... It's like when we get to see people's quarters, and their quarters look like they're real places, which almost never yeah. happens, but very occasionally. It's That's the fair. same thing. I, I'm curious about character stuff what their costuming is fair enough i think more star trek characters need to have slippers in the shape of big bear feet mm-hmm. or or various exotic star trek animals mm-hmm. yep like uh mugatu slippers that would be amazing i triple want slippers now. you know or mm-hmm. that horrible creature that horrible slippers. creature slippers. yep like, so a puppy with a horn yeah mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. but one on each foot yeah sure right that's adorable uh Matt, what was your good thing so there's a scene where Phlox and Trip are searching uh, the ship for, um, like, what's left of Hoshi, basically. Like, mm-hmm. everyone thinks that she got, like, like killed in the transporter accident. And they, they find a small green smear of mucus on the floor, mm-hmm. say that it's all that's left of Hoshi... And then Flock scoops it up into an envelope and says, Hoshi's parents will want this. And I <laughs> laughed so fucking hard. See, that actually, to me, feels like another nightmare thing. It feels like a Hoshi, like, oh, God, what if all that's left of me is mm-hmm. smear on the floor? And that's what yep. they have to send it back to my parents. I mean, it was played for laughs. Like, I, for sure. You're not wrong it, to laugh a, at it. But it feels like it's based in a fear, you know? It's like a bright green booger just sitting on the floor. Yeah. It's the only, like, in the, they set their uh, tricorders to scan for her DNA, and that's the yeah. only bit of her DNA they can find. Yep. And it, Flox doesn't even take all of it. Like, I assume he just leaves the rest of it to get cleaned well, they'll up need, for next They'll time. need some remains. We don't need to go overboard here. I, I've only got sen- so big an envelope. <laughs> they'll send the sentient Roombas. <laughs> <laughs> the Scudders. Yeah. Yeah. Which I assume they have, like, like, like from Matt's favorite show, Reed Dwarf. <laughs> uh, my good thing was from the three minutes of, of teaser before the opening credits. Like, th- this is the only halfway decent part of the episode before everything started getting stupid. Um, where uh, uh, Hoshi and Trip are walking around these ruins of some planet, and Hoshi's all excited about like the the different stuff, and I oh, wait is she an archaeologist? And then I realized, hey, yeah, she is the closest thing to an archaeologist they have. Yeah, she would of. be into this stuff. That's cool. I kind of mm. wondered what the hell Trip was doing down there. Like, what does he bring to the uh, what does he bring to the table there? I think what that is, uh, Matt. Maybe you have a different idea. 
To mm-hmm. me, it's we we've seen this in a bunch of episodes where he's like, "Can I go on the away mission? Can I go this time? Come on, please." And yep. No, not this time. That's all it is. It was finally his turn. Yep. You can't you can't have Trip just locked up for too long. He gets fussy. No, they've they've <laughs> deliberately shown him, like, "Can I go on this one?" But no, not this time. But Captain, he, I heard I heard Hoshi was going on an adventure, and I want to go on an adventure too. Well, we got to send somebody down there, I guess. Now, Trip, you. you went on an adventure just last week. <laughs> I know, but it's been so long, I forgot what happened. Did you Did you clean engineering? Did you finish your homework? Okay. <sighs> but the thing is, uh, when we get back up to the real ship, not the dream upstairs. ship. Upstairs. Yeah, upstairs to the, to the real ship, not the dream ship. They say mm-hmm. that Trip was, like, in charge of the mission. And yep. like, well, he's the ranking officer. He's, he's a commander. Yeah. He's, yeah, but they've done that before where, like, even when captains go down, other people are in charge of the mission because captains don't necessarily know the most about the situation. Sure. Um, but, the like, being in military charge of who escapes first and who, you know, who evacuates first or whatever is different than being in charge of the stuff that happens, you know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but it sounded like the whole thing was Trip's baby. And I'm like, uh, well, yeah, that is a little weird. Yeah, no. About anything, sweetie. But, but the, the <clears throat> thing that I liked was again, Hoshi seems like she would actually be into this stuff. Yeah. They don't have oh, a yeah. dedicated like space archaeologist, but they've got her and she's she's into other cultures. And also, we all pointed out uh, Morse code again because mm-hmm. that's one of the ways she tries to communicate with them. Nobody knows Morse code, but I believe Hoshi would because it's a she knows languages and that's one way to communicate. Yep. Also, when she's doing the Morse code to get, yeah, she's tapping head. it out on like uh, uh, Archer's like wireless router or something, yeah. and he's like, "Why is this blinking weird?" And <laughs> she's like, "Come on, because uh, Paul and Archer are both in the room. One of you is going to, one of you is going to figure this out. One of you." Well, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Archer knew SOS, yeah, and that was it, because that's the only Morse code I know. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, it's always Morse code. I'm so sick Nobody of knows Morse, Morse code. code. I, I mean, like I say, Hoshi does. I, I buy that Hoshi does, yeah. but it's used in everything all you're, the time. You're I'm right. Sick of Morse code. But I like, I like when uh, this ties back to my good thing. It, whenever Hoshi, like, whenever we see specific manifestations of the stuff that she does, that she's like, we've really not spent a lot of time in Star Trek with a linguist before. Mm-hmm. So I like whenever they flesh that out to mean, mm-hmm. oh, she'd be into this and she would know this and like. They do some of that in the Abrams Star Trek with... A little uh, bit with Uhura. Yeah, with Uhura. But that's recent. Like, yeah. to this point in Star Trek, they had never... Like, uh, that was ostensibly Uhura's job, but we never saw her do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to actually see someone really do that and be into the stuff. And, like, when she went to Risa, she just wanted to study languages. And, and bone down. I, well, she ended sure. up boning down. She's not objectionable. Yeah, no, that, that was that, a perk. That wasn't her goal. Her goal was to have no. a nerd vacation. And she got she got lucky. Good for her. All right. Anything else? Yeah. Amanda? We did not have a lot of notes for this episode. No. Uh, you got a quote for us? Um, I do have a quote for you. Um, this... <laughs> Hoshi has spent the whole time talking about how scared she is of the transporter, and then uh, T'Pol says this. She said she felt uh, shaky. You're aware that was the first time she'd ever transported. Quite aware. Yeah. That was pretty good. Was pretty, there wasn't a lot of really funny moments in this uh, episode. You don't have to pick a funny quote. Yes, I do. Okay. Fair enough. You do you. It, yep. It's a funny quote or a quote that proves my point. Mm. Funny the two quote most or important things. Or, the, uh, or that sound effect from The Price is Right. <laughs> yes. That went over <laughs> real well. Apparently so. Uh-huh. All right. What's your alternate title, Amanda? Uh, my alternate title is 
Event Hoshi. All right. Uh, Matt, what do you got? Hoshi the Friendly Ghost. I went with Phoning It In, the Brandon Braga story, a study in audience contempt. I certainly feel contempt for him. Yeah, it is. He he hates us so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's not that he hates us. He doesn't care about us enough. Oh, no, no, no. Us. If he didn't care, it would just be boring. This was offensive to me mm-hmm. as, a, as a writer, not like on, on like moral terms. He doesn't care about us or our feelings. No, this felt like a deliberate effort to make us mad because this made us mad. It really mm-hmm. felt to me like he's like, yeah, good enough. They'll they'll take any pap I give them. Yeah, basically. They'll take what I give them and like it. <laughs> Hello, Captain Kirk. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for this time. Amanda, mm-hmm. what do you got to plug? I got two things to, to plug. To plug. T-apostrophe plug. Yeah, two. <laughs> so first thing, as ever, I do a photo a day blog, uh, giantblackalbatross.tumblr.com, if you want to see my photos. And the second thing is Al and I are doing another podcast beside this podcast because oh, Alan thing. does a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and I'm doing podcasts. Stop saying well. podcast. Podcast. Exocomp. Um, <laughs> and it's called We're <laughs> Trying and it's about us trying to leave the house and do things. like We don't do. always leave the house. Sometimes we do things at the house but it's about getting out of our comfort zone and trying new things. Trying new things, mm-hmm. yeah. So everyone should listen to it because it's real, real good. Mm-hmm. I do and listen to it and it is real, real good. Well, thank you. It's at we're trying.com and it's on <clears throat> iTunes and all the other podcast places. I don't even know what those are anymore. I always, whenever yeah. we make a new show, I put them everywhere, but like, I don't know what the kids are using anymore. I know everyone hates the default podcast app mm-hmm. on uh, iOS, but I don't know what they're using Check instead out of that. Stitcher so. and the Zune. There you go. Well, Stitcher has at least post horror and sarcastic voyage. It may have mm-hmm. the others. I don't know. <laughs> Try tying a podcast to a rock and throwing it through a window. I mean, if I thought it would get us listeners, I would do that. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for this time. I believe next week our friend Caitlin will be joining us. Oh, so look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, as ever, the website, postomichor.com, the email address, postomichor at Gmail. Uh, Matt's going to tell you you should go to iTunes and review us. So I guess do what Matt says. You definitely should do that. Uh, we're on Twitter at Algar and Robot Matt. Oh, yeah, those things. Amanda, um, do you want to give your Twitter? I don't. No. I don't think she does. No, nobody follow me on Twitter. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, we do have a Tumblr also, postomichor.tumblr.com. Uh, that's for a lot of when we come across various interesting or amusing Star Trek things, we, we post yep. in there. It's not just posting the show we, we post a lot of star trek stuff there yeah. basically anytime kevin church posts something we just reblog that and then uh, some other he's a very well. good star trek man yeah he is he's a good curator of a star trek blog mm-hmm. uh all right that is all for this time cool uh see you folks the post-atomic horror podcast is a co-production of ron algar watt and matt robotham copyright 2017 please don't sue us we're we're, we're still just doing this. Mm-hmm.